Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, is Wayne Reynolds a Neanderthal? The V-Team asks, is Will Desmute the most ignorant man in Alabama? Taken together, these two represent what's wrong with our nation and our state. But you cannot ignore history. And history has shown that, in general, it has been the men who have done the raping and the robbing and the killing and the warmongering for the last 2,000 years. It has been the men who have done the pillaging and the beheading and the subjugating of whole races into slavery. It has been the men who have done the lawmaking and the money-making and most of the mischief-making. So if the world isn't quite what you had in mind, you have only yourselves to thank. Preach it, sister. They need to hear it. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. To the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Josh Moon, investigative reporter and columnist at APR, and Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire and my constant companion here outside of beautiful downtown Atala. Josh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. Back in the uh, state of Alabama, uh, so we're, yeah. uh, we're doing okay. Well, they did try to stop you at the border, I hear, but it was not, they could not keep you out. <laughs> that, that happens sometimes. And, you know, I was in Florida, and then, you know, they were trying to take a stand against Florida, and then they realized Alabama was just as bad, so everybody said, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, I, I think this week we may be covering two of the worst people in the world. Oh, my God. Certainly in Alabama. First off is a Alabama Board of Education member, Wayne Reynolds, who this week, Susan, during a, a, a live broadcast of Kay Ivey's mm -hmm. uh, address to the state, he decided to take to Facebook Live and post derogatory remarks about her weight and her outfit. I mean, Susan, what decade are we living in? Well, let me tell you, sir. Oh, wait, 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 I can't call you sir because you're not enough of a gentleman for that. Uh, had got Governor Ivey been a man, this would have never happened. Never happened. Is it that maybe you're just a little bit intimidated by strong, intelligent women? Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe you're just, you know, from the Neanderthal years? I'm not sure. But let me tell you this. With people like you, with an attitude like that, you have no business, no business being in governance of school children in this state. Young women, young girls do not need that kind of attitude in a leadership position. I suggest you do us all a favor, sir, and resign and crawl back under that rock you came out from under. I think Susan probably summed that up. We don't need that. Not in this day and age. This is, he is a very example of what is wrong with this world. Yeah, I don't think I can add much to that. Well, I mean, Josh, to be honest, I'm a little scared to add anything. To <laughs> well, she's been cranked up since uh, Wednesday, so... Uh, I've had a lot of time to work on it and think about it. 
And I, I might not suggest all the women that voted for you in that position might want to think about getting together a petition to make you resign. Well, it is, and, and this guy is not uh, a paragon of masculinity by any stretch of the imagination. And he, he has got a beer belly, whether he drinks beer or not. And here he's, he's, he's criticizing the governor for her outfit, mm -hmm. saying that she looks heavy, saying that it's unflattering. I mean, I thought we had come beyond that. But Kay Ivey had a perfect response when they asked her about it. She said, a lady never discusses her age or her figure. A true gentleman doesn't either. I agree. So uh, it, it's just disrespectful and uncalled for in the 21st century. But Josh, we've come, we've almost come full circle to where at least it seemed for a period of time, men did not talk about women in these derogatory terms, calling them fat or pig face or horse face or demeaning them in any way. But it has now, over the last three years, become acceptable among certain men to say these types of things about women when they would never say it about a guy because they're afraid of getting punched in the face. Uh, let's see. Get Mr. Reynolds close enough to me, I'll punch him. What's that? Sorry. Years. Uh, I wonder yeah. I wonder what's happened over the last three years. What what, well, what change has there been at the top of the country that would have would have made it okay for people to say such derogatory terms about women and, and other people well, and, and to but, speak so yeah. Uh, you, you know, harshly and ignorantly about people like that uh, from such a position of power. It, it's not okay. It's never been okay. We tell our children not to do that. Uh, you yeah. know, if you if you heard your child talking about uh, a lady like that that way, you would certainly discipline the child and tell them to them why that's not okay and why it's hurtful and why it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and, and it's disrespect to them. You would never do it to a man because. What they're wearing and what they have on and how they look is, it doesn't matter at all in the scheme of what's taking place in their profession. Uh, and that's, with a man, then you should afford a woman the same thing. I agree. Well, we need to move on to an even more despicable mm -hmm. character, and that is... I'll turn you loose on him, Josh. <laughs> that's State Representative Will Desmukes of Prattville. When the state of Alabama by and large, was honoring the life of civil rights icon John Lewis. Will Desmutes went down to Selma and attended a, a rally at Fort Dixie, which is a made-up Confederate fort, where he honored the life of Nathan Bedford Forrest, who was a Confederate general, brutal Confederate general, and the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Josh? Yeah, Will Dismukes is a moron, uh, and and you know, it, but we see this uh, a lot around this state with people who want to honor these old Southern traditions, quote unquote. Uh, you know, you could you see them talk about heritage and not hate and things like that, and and often it devolves into honoring people like Nathan Bedford Forrest, who you know, and calling the Civil War the War of Northern Aggression. You know, Will Dismukes has been doing this sort of crap for years, uh, and. It's it's that it came to light now. I think is because of the current movement in, in around this country. Uh, you know the social movement that's taking place, uh, and because he did it on a day when we were honoring John Lewis. Uh, I, I'll say it, he posted the post on the day we were honoring John Lewis. I think he went to the event right. on the Saturday, the day before. But right. you know it. 
Yeah, it's so that has come back to bite him. You know, he's had to resign his position as the pastor of whatever church would have had him before this. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, what bothers me most about it is is this was not a secret for any. This has been going on with Wildis Mukes and a bunch of other people in this state for a long time. Uh, you know, the, the people that that play to these sort of crowds and tell them that it's okay and pander to them and protect their monuments and things. You know, this sort of stuff has been going on for a long, long time. We've encouraged it. We've allowed it to happen. And it's wrong. It's hurtful to group of people and it's rightfully hurtful you know it's hurtful and you understand their pain and you just ignore it well the baptist demanded that he resign from his church position however the algop has not called for him to resign and that's a failure of leadership we're gonna have to leave it right there you're watching the v the voice of alabama politics we'll be right back The Port of Mobile is a crucial commerce center for the entire state of Alabama. Activities with our shippers generated over $490 million in tax revenue for the state. We've generated 135,000 jobs by having a competitive seaport within cost-effective reach. Thanks to the state's leadership, Alabama's only seaport is being modernized to ensure that we are continually competing on a global scale. For more information, contact the Alabama State Port Authority at ASDD.com. A lot can change in five years, except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill, because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled, five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. Hey man, what are you doing today? Um, playing the game. Thought I'd go out for a drive later maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a half on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You know, over the last week, the United States passed 150,000 individuals dead from COVID-19. Right now, in the state of Alabama, over the last two weeks, we've seen, uh, actually three weeks, case after case, death after death, increase. I mean, ne nearly 50,000 Alabamians have been diagnosed with the disease. <clears throat> More than 500 people, Josh and Susan, have died of the disease in July alone. Mm -hmm. And we have a a member of the Senate, Randy Price, who was in the hospital on a ventilator uh, last week, <clears throat> checked, and he is fighting for his life. But 
a majority of our people it seem to not take this very seriously, Susan. No, they don't. Uh, you go out among people, you get near a doctor's office, something like that, and you, you might see a lot of masks because they require them. But most people are, most people are just totally <coughs> ignoring this. They're not, uh, they're not social distancing. They're not wearing masks. They're going to gatherings where it's church gatherings or bars or whatever, and, and, and it's continuing to spread. And I'm talking about a large percentage of the people that are at these single gatherings. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, one church uh, had a homecoming, Josh, and some 40 or so people ended up infected. Uh, I mean, that has to tell us something. Yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it does to follow what the doctors are saying. I mean, you know, this week we had Herman Cain pass away, uh, you know, wow. after going to the to the Tulsa rally uh, for Trump. And, uh, you know, listen, it's it's not it's not fake, man. I mean, you know, it's this is this is real. It causes real problems. Uh, and the people aren't lying to you about it. You know, stop with the nonsense. Wow. Stop the, the uh, video of the fakers and the and telling people that the masks don't work and I'll, just do what you're supposed to do for a little while and it worked. If you saw the drop that we had back when uh, back back in earlier this year when we shut everything down, you saw what happened at that point. It, we we got do that. I mean, it's not that hard, y'all. It's not. No, it's not. And and you know that's the thing. We had Dr. Harris on last week. And he was talking about, again, if people would just wear masks, mm -hmm. social distance, wash their hands, I mean, we could cut this thing down to nothing in a matter of, of, of a month or so, I, and yet people will not do it soon. And I, I gotta tell you, the thing that really worries me, really, really, really worries me, is the schools opening back up. Yeah. I, this, this is not gonna be good? Yeah. No, no, it's not gonna be good. Think, because think about what we're talking about. We're talking about putting, the, doing the exact same thing that they're telling you not to do, which is put a bunch of people in a small area indoors for a period of time. I mean, it's yeah. just not, you know what's going to happen. It happens in flu season. With If you have small kids, you know that it's going to infect everybody in the house. And that's where, that's where we're headed. Yeah, it is. Well, this past week, uh, Governor Ivey did extend the mask order, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, she she keeps ordering it, but people keep ignoring it. Uh, and, and we have we have leaders in our state, mm -hmm. political leaders that come out and call this unconstitutional and all kinds of silly nonsense. And all they're doing is putting people's lives at risk. Yeah, yeah, they're they're pandering for cheap votes. They're pandering for cheap votes. This. Uh, and, and it's just, it, it is, it's putting people's life at risk. We've done this for so long. It's so dumb. I don't understand how people can, can sleep at night doing this sort of nonsense. Well, the thing is, it's not that they're endangering themselves so much as they're endangering everyone else. And for a state that professes Christian values to turn around and deny that love your neighbor as yourself matters. Of course, I think maybe most of these people actually hate themselves, <laughs> so they don't care. They hate their neighbor just like they hate themselves. But the extended mask order uh, goes until August 31st, and it also says that that, that must be worn in classrooms. Now, uh, State Superintendent <coughs> of Schools, uh, Eric Mackey, said that they can't mandate children wear mask in school. Well, they can mandate they wear pants. They can mandate that they wear dresses of a certain length. I mean, surely they can mandate masks. 
I, gu- I guarantee you if a girl shows up with a skirt three inches above her knee, they're going to send her home. They can mandate that. Been doing it for years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, I, you know, we, we have one of our staff members who was routinely sent home from school for wearing inappropriate clothing. But I think her T-shirt said something now. Hey, man, you weren't supposed to say anything about that about me. <laughs> Josh, everybody expects it of you. I mean, who didn't get sent home for something, right? Uh, the the other thing that happened this week is that uh, the state board of, of Bever- Alabama Beverage Control Board uh, cut the hours that bars could sell alcohol. I know that there was internal discussions within the administration to close bars down completely. <coughs> they are a hotspot of coronavirus, just like churches are. Uh, I know we're going to get in trouble with that, but the truth it's is true. when you get people in a, a closed room singing, talking loudly, and that it is a hotbed for this disease. But so uh, the governor's office had wanted them to close bars at nine. Uh, then they settled on 10. And finally, in the absolute wisdom of the alcoholic control, beverage control, they decided on 11, Josh. Well, I mean, 11 is the hour where you get the most COVID. So, <laughs> you know, really, honestly, if you're not if you're not going to shut them down, uh, it, it I, I don't think that the hour that you cut them off matters a whole lot uh, to this thing here because you're still going to have people crammed into a tight area for an extended period of time and and talking loudly over the music, you know, yelling at each other, what and what have you. And and like you said, if you're not going to shut the churches down, then you're also going to have the problem there as well. Uh, and the Supreme Court rule, you do have the authority to shut the churches down if you if yeah. you think that they're a hot spot and they're causing a problem. Well, one bar owner was complaining uh, that they were singled out, but it's because the, the it's one of it's a dangerous spot. But the, another one complained that his crowd didn't come in till ten. Uh, well, if you're waiting to 10 o'clock to go out at night, I, I'm questioning the wisdom, you know, because most folks have to get up and go to work in the morning. That's true. You know, so if you start drinking at 10, well, we're probably doing them a favor because they'll be done by 11. <laughs> we're going to have to... Hey, young. To be young. To be young. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama. Drink them if you got them. What's up, Alabama? It's Bo Jackson. Do I really need to say it? doing today babe i thought i'd head down the lake with the guys do a little fishing 
Of course, none of us will be wearing our seatbelts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Y'all hit on it a little while ago about how really unsafe schools are. Now, I know there's a big push nationally and, and locally to say, oh, well, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Everything's fine. But that's more political posturing than it is anything else. The Alabama Education Association did a survey of, uh, of around 40-some thousand of their members responded. And the teachers and the folks who responded, uh, the teachers that responded, 68%, Susan said, that they were very uncomfortable returning to school. Very uncomfortable. Also in those numbers, they released how many teachers, support staff, uh, you know, aides and whatever. The, the, the numbers of those with uh, underlying conditions was staggering. I mean, most of them neared 50% of all of the, the, so, I mean, you're not only putting the, the children's families in danger, you're putting your own staff in danger by going ahead and opening up. I mean, go ahead, strap a mask on a, on a kindergartner, try it. I mean, Josh, you, you as a parent wrote a column this past week talking about the choices, the hard choices that parents have to make. And, and I thought it was very uh, reasonable and well thought through. I mean, it is a challenge. I mean, there are lots of people that just cannot stay at home with their kids. They have to send them somewhere. Yeah, listen, I, I understand uh, as well as anybody. I, well, uh, let me put it this way. I, I'm in a uh, here because of y'all uh, and, and and my wife and, and her job because we, we can both work from home. We can work remotely. Uh, y'all been great about recognizing that we have a little one running around here that, that requires our attention from time to time and, uh, you know, and, and can take away from some of the work day. Uh, other people don't have that luxury. You know, if you're a single mom working at a restaurant somewhere, uh, you got to go to work, you know, and I understand that from from the you know the school perspective of this, I do, uh, and and so I, I know the tough choice that they're going to have to make. Now I think we should have done uh, the cost of wage replacement for a lot of those people and job security for a lot of those people uh, would have been a fraction of what we've already paid out. Uh, a lot of it going to corporate uh, companies that that don't really need the money. Uh, so I right, think we could have. Right. Very early on to protect those people from a from a government standpoint that we haven't done, but here we are, you know. So uh, it, it is tough, and anybody who thinks that that a parent or a school teacher or anybody else is just sitting around the house thinking, oh well, let's, let's hold the kid out. That'd be a lot of fun. It's not. It disrupts everything. You have your life yeah. set up in a routine every day. This is what you're going to do, and this is how you're going to handle it. And this is you know you're doing this, I'm doing that. You got the calendar and the different colors, and every everybody's working, man. Uh, and, and you throw this into the into the mix, and it just is a wrench in the whole thing. And now it's you know you're swapping out. And, hey, can you watch her for a little while while I do this? And cannot you know? And it's just uh, everything off. And I'm dealing with uh, a kid that is in daycare. You know, not a, right. I don't have to teach things that that a lot of kids, that a lot of parents are. God help me if I had to teach algebra or something. You know, yeah. Yeah, goes to college. You know, uh, right. but it's a. Uh, 
it's a it's a problem, and and parents are on their best to care for their kids and keep them safe, while also balancing out this work thing and keeping the family, uh, the house unit going, and everything else. And man, it's it's tough, and and to think you know to throw politics into this is very unfair to a lot of those people. You know, it's interesting that during World War II, the nation mobilized on so many fronts. And one of the fronts that they mobilized on was because so many husbands were serving overseas, so women had to step into the workplace. Well, these days, women have to step in the workplace because they need the money. So what, this, what happened was they created all these daycares, or, or not daycare, but uh, centers that kids could go to while the mother was at work. I guess you would call them daycare centers. And it was a program. And they dismantled it after World War II because they wanted women to go back home because they wanted men to take the jobs. But we had this during a crisis. It, it's almost unconscionable that the, the federal government has not nationalized this event and done things like setting up daycares so that these mothers wouldn't have to make choices. Again, that's all, you know, it's a different time, a different mindset. I tell you what's a different time and a different mindset is 55 years ago, uh, John Lewis, as a young man, marched across the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge and was beaten by white troopers, white law enforcement officers, and Governor uh, Wallace, George Wallace, did nothing. Uh, citizens in Birmingham were hosed. Dogs were sicked on them by Bull Connor. But this last week, our state came together and recognized the sacrifice of service of John Lewis, and it was spectacular to see Democrats and Republicans alike come together, Josh. Yeah, you know, John Lewis was a, was a great guy. Uh, you know, I've met him a few times. I spent an afternoon with him in Selma a few years back. And, um, you know, the, the thing that uh, when people ask me what, what John Lewis is like, uh, the, the best thing that comes to mind is nice. Uh, he was such a spectacularly nice guy, especially for all that, that happened to him in his life. You know, he was beaten in South Carolina, beaten in Montgomery freedom riders events that he took, he participated yeah. in. And that was before Selma, before he, you know, had his skull cracked open in Selma uh, right. and trampled right. by the horses uh, there. Uh, and, and he was, he maintained this, this air of, uh, of acceptance and, and I guess of love really of, you know, just, he just cared about everybody and you spoke to him. He was such a quiet guy uh, and thoughtful man. And uh, you know, he's really, really one of the best had speaking to to somebody because he lived up to what you thought he was, uh, and right, actually right, probably exceeded right. what you thought he was uh, right. going into that. And uh, and and John Lewis was was really a great man. And and if people want to honor him, go vote. Don't let anybody right. stop you from voting. Go and vote, yeah, and take people that. with you to vote. Research the people. Learn who's best for you. Go vote. Well, I, Susan, I thought it was particularly telling that when they brought John Lewis's body to the Capitol, that Kay Ivey was there to receive him and received him with dignity and grace, as opposed to how he was met by Governor Wallace's people 55 years ago. Yes, he laid in state in the rotunda, and if you've never been in the rotunda of the Capitol building, it's very spectacular. 
uh, and what, a, what an appropriate, it's, it's both elegant and intimidating and what a very appropriate place for him to lay in state. Well, he will be missed. We hope we have more of his kind because there's still a long way to go. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.